This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves with Warrior Watch. We're so happy to have you here August 17th, this beautiful Wednesday morning. We're excited about what God's doing on this network. We believe that God's raising this network up and encouraging people all across America to pray. We're so thankful for Dale and Jean Gentry and their commitment to encourage the body of Christ to arise again. Today I have one of my dearest friends in the whole world, um, Pastor Mazapika, Frank Mazapika, we call him Maz, um, out of Humble, <laughs> Texas. He's a pastor of New Covenant Church, um, an amazing man of God. He's a father. He's a grandfather. He's a husband. He's a mentor to many, and he's one of my dearest friends. And I'm so excited about having him on here today. Thank you, Maz, for being with us. Thank you, Cal. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, today we're going to talk about his book. He's written, he's written several books. He's an author, but the newest book that he's just uh, released is called The Church of the Left Behind. And I'm excited yes. to hear about this book and to converse about this. And hopefully you can, if you're listening in today, you, after, we, after we get through this program, you can take the time to go and order the book. Um, Maz is an amazing theologian, has an uh, amazing understand, understanding of the Bible and its history. So can you tell me a little bit about this book and you know, why you wrote it and how it came to pass? Yes, um, I've been doing end times um, studies and traveled a lot teaching on end times since 1978, actually. However, um, though I put out a book called Meet the Beasts um, a couple of years ago, about end times, I, I decided that uh, the Lord was wanting me to explain what life was going to be like after all the end times is over, after the, the second coming, after uh, the rapture. Um, and that is really the establishment of the kingdom of God, because Jesus Christ really didn't speak an awful lot about the rapture. Uh, he, he talked mostly about the coming of the kingdom of God. And when you read about the kingdom of God, uh, you're astounded by how many scriptures from Genesis all the way to Revelation uh, talk about the kingdom of God that's set up for that thousand years on the earth. Right. So right. that's what I did. I, I, I started to get into the actual um, the setting, the environment, and who is going to be left behind, uh, who is going to be raptured, and what was, what's going to happen to the raptured people? What about the fallen angels? Um, what about the people that died uh, that didn't get raptured? And what kind of a, an, um, a government was, was there going to be on the earth? And so when I set out to do it, uh, Callie, um, it was really troubling the first chapter uh, because the first chapter is, is really scary. Uh, I've been told by readers, you know, my, um, my book, this book that we're talking about, uh, has been rated as the number five um, bestseller on Amazon.com 
in the um, prophecy um, category. Wonderful. Prophecy book category. So I'm really excited about that. But the first chapter is really scary because it talks about the second coming of Christ. Um, and it disturbed me when I was going into it and describing it in the way the Old Testament was actually describing it. And I bring in um, on the side some um, extra extra books that are not canonized, like um, the Book of Enoch and the Book of Baruch and the Book of Jubilees. Uh, I don't use a lot of it, but I, I do use them because it really enhances uh, the description of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, they're absolutely historical reference points for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, just really quickly, the Book of Enoch back uh, during the days of um, the third century, um, they reg- regarded the Book of Enoch very much. Uh, it was that was way before the the canonization, the European canonization was done. They regarded the Book of Enoch as a very very holy um, prophetic book. But anyways, the first chapter. Once you get past the first chapter, the first chapter is really scary. Uh, it's kind of like watching The Wizard of Oz, where right. it's it's all black and white, and the, you see the Wicked Witch of the West and all that, and then they go into the uh, the land of Oz, and it turns into these beautiful colors. That's kind of what this book is about. When Jesus Christ comes back to the earth, everyone knows that he's angry. Everybody sees the description of his eyes are a flame of fire. Um, he's, his vestures or his, his raiment is dipped in blood, uh, out of his mouth, there's going to be a double-edged sword that when he speaks, he's going to kill. Uh, but we really, really don't get the impact until we've actually laced together all the scriptures because he's actually doing an invasion of the earth because the earth is really not his kingdom. He told that Pilate and he told that to Herod. He says, my kingdom is not on this earth. Uh, his kingdom is it is in heaven, and right. you know the Satan is actually ruling and reigning on the earth as he is. And I provide those scriptures in the book. And so when he comes to the earth, he's coming to destroy uh, the works of the devil. Um, but the bloody part of the first chapter, and it's very frightening, as I said, is the radical divine event of God literally killing all of the wicked. And all of the evil people on the earth. And uh, I really break it down to detail who in the world are the wicked? Who are, the, who are these people that are doing evil? And um, it gets really bloody and very, very specific. Well, it, clearly we've left the grace dispensation when we get to that part. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, there'll be so many dead people, oh, Callie. Lord. Um, that the Bible says in Zechariah that only one-third of all the Jews are going to survive, that two-thirds of the Jews are going to be killed, that he sets aside these angels that are coming down. This is really clear in the Bible, that these killing angels, these death angels, are coming down with tools or instruments of war to, to kill two categories of creatures. Uh, one is, is mankind. And the other is the angels. As a matter of fact, there'll be so many dead people that the Bible says that to find 
Well, it was, it's in Isaiah, Isaiah 13 and 12 and Isaiah 24 and 6. To find a man, uh, like a man as in masculine, a boy, right. to find a man is like finding pure gold. Men will be so scarce because of the amount of bloodshed. And another place it says in Isaiah 4 and 1 uh, that after the second coming, people will want to start remarrying or marrying again. But because there'll be so little amount of men, the Bible says that seven women will take hold of one man. Oh, wow. And say to the man, listen, I don't, I don't need your money and I don't need your clothes. I don't need your food. I can provide this for myself. Just give me your last name so that I could start another family again. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so when you see this first chapter, it's 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 quite it's quite astounding, but once that first chapter gets past there, um well, you know, there's other things like the animals, even the animals uh on the on the earth and the fish in the sea. Uh it says in Ezekiel 38 that there will be um They'll be in terror. They'll be terrorized by the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay, let me ask you a question. Sure, go ahead. Why do you think, of course, anybody that's a historian or wants to know the future or is interested in prophecy is going to be interested in this, okay? And I think yeah. it's important that I understand the importance of knowing what is coming, whether it happens in yeah. my lifetime or the lifetime of my children or grandchildren. I understand the importance. But why do you think it's important for the body of Christ to know this and to get an understanding of this? That's a great question. There's a, there is a uh, statement that's made in the New Testament, and uh, it talks about why we evangelize. It says it like this, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And that's probably the best answer I can give you. Okay. Uh, it's, it pushes us to want to tell people the kingdom of God is at hand. And we as, as evangelical spirit-filled people, we're so excited about the second coming because we, we, we just see rapture in our, in our eyes. Rapture, rapture, rapture. We're going to get out of here. But the, the, the sad side of it is that so many, many people are not going to make it. Yeah. And so that's that's the reason why. But the remainder of the book tells the wonderful story of of Jesus being king on the earth for literally a thousand years. And, and it is absolutely beautiful. It talks about how the raptured people will uh, be governors. They'll be uh, uh, given five cities. Some will be given ten cities. Wow. It's really nice, and and you'll be immortal, and um, they won't. There will be lots of people that you'll be ruling over and reigning over that they will be in awe. And also, um, they will be searching out, according to the Old Testament, Zechariah, they'll be searching out Jewish people to um, learn about the Bible. There'll be a great hunger inside of all the people. Um, Crazy things will happen. Like the sun, um, the sun will be there, of course, during the millennial reign. But the Bible says that the sun will be seven times brighter, not seven times hotter, but seven times brighter. And that's in Isaiah 30 and 26. Well, that, that alludes to that everything will have more color. Yes, and it'll grow faster. Wow. The ecology, it, 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 all of Israel, the Bible says, will return back to, and it says these words, the Garden of Eden. You know, one of the things, Maz, that I remember when I first got saved, and for the first probably mm. 10 years of being saved, is 
we heard a lot about the coming of the Lord, uh, the the second coming of the Lord, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, revelations, uh, tribulation, things that we would go through. We heard a lot about that. That was a lot of teaching. Now, now in the culture that the church culture we have now. Mm-hmm. And yes, we are in the dispensation of grace, and there's so many things, so many revelations that are out there for you and I to understand so that we can do what God's called us to do to, to establish his kingdom in the way that we're supposed to establish it while we're here now in the grace dispensation. But I yeah. think there's a real loss, and there's something mm-hmm. we're missing when we don't teach on the second coming of Christ. And yeah. I think what happens is we get into this mindset that Things are going to always be like they are now, and that's not true. Well, the sad thing is, is that there are doctrines coming out of these seminaries now. Um, they're not teaching rapture anymore, and they're teaching a, a twisted kingdom doctrine that we are in it right now, that this is it, um, that the rapture is only uh, symbol, symbolism, and that we're just going to get older and older, uh, and then one day we will not... We will not have aging, and we will not have death, and uh, we we are uh, we're going to be spared um, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for everybody, and it, and you don't have to make any public proclamation that Jesus Christ is Lord over your life or ask God to forgive you or repent. Well, that sounds kind of like universalism. Yes, exactly, and and I see this happening a lot uh, because the Bible says in Thessalonians there'd be a great falling away um, before. Um, Jesus returns and the Antichrist is revealed. It's a shame. It really is. Yeah, I, I really believe that that there needs to be more taught and preached, and I'm so glad you wrote this book, about mm-hmm. the second coming, what it's going to look like here on earth, what those thousand years are going to consist of, because I do believe the Bible. Of course yeah. the Bible has lots of symbolism, but it's also mm-hmm. a very literal book. It and, is. And, and when it comes to... Jesus coming back again and coming to rule and reign on this earth. I don't know how you can how you can symbolize that out of the Bible. I think it's really clear. Yeah, as another example, when he is reigning on the earth, he's he's reigning inside of uh, the actual temple that he's going to rebuild. Well, he's not going to rebuild. It's going to be something that's not even going to be recognizable. It's going to be massive, and he'll be living in the holiest of holies. But to show you that it's not symbolic, um, once a year uh, during the um, the Feast of Tabernacles, all the nations of the world, no matter how small they are, are required to do a pilgrimage to Jerusalem uh, to honor the Feast of Tabernacles and to worship Jesus Christ. And it is set for everybody for one year. It's, it's, it's mandatory. And the, the scriptures say really carefully there in Zechariah chapter 14 that there will be some nations that will refuse during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ that will refuse to to do the pilgrimage, to attend the the the, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Bible says that those nations that refuse to come, that he will withhold the rain, uh, water rain I'm talking about, wow. like coming from the sky, which really blows my mind because once Jesus is on the earth, there is no more unbeliever. There's actually now non-receivers that you will actually, even though there's no devil, because he's in he's in a he's in a bottomless pit. There's no demons, and uh, there, but there's no. But you'll still be able um, to choose. Yes, it's all about exactly. It's all about you making your own personal choice 
of not returning and honoring Jesus Christ. Okay, so so what you're saying, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. The devil will not be that won't even be in the picture. Won't even be a right. part of the won't even be won't even be a part of the Broadway play. And, <laughs> exactly. And and, <laughs> and so, but we're still left, and Jesus will be in control. The Lord yes. of Lords will be in control. He yes. will control. The, the kingdom will be all surrounding him, but we yes. will still have our power to choose. Yes, absolutely. Wow. And um, if anybody hurts anyone or anything, there's an immediate consequence to that. That's why the Bible says that he rules for those thousand years with a rod of iron. Uh, he's not messing around anymore. He's not the same Jesus that we saw for those three and a half years on the earth. He's coming back and he's not going to look anything like that. He's going to, you know, he he represented himself as a man without any reputation and he humbled himself. He humbled himself unto death, but not this time when he comes back, he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he is setting up his entire kingdom on the earth that all the nations of the world will be the nation of God. And, well, and we're going to see another side of his personality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is the the true Son of God, the the God manifested in the flesh. Now, when he's in Jerusalem, uh, what is also so obviously not symbolic is that King David will be raptured also because uh, he was the apple of God's eye, and the Bible says in. Ezekiel 34, that he will be given, King King David will be given reign over the city of Jerusalem while he, Jesus is the king of kings. Uh, David will regain that throne that was promised to him that he would never lose the throne of uh, the throne of Israel. So he will come back. I yes. Mean, and he, and will, he will be wow. the, it's actually, he will be the prince of the city where Jesus is the king of the world. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that exciting? That is exciting. Uh, I can't hardly wait to see him uh, because he's so very, very cool. He's the he was the best of all the kings, obviously. I I absolutely agree. He's one of my favorite Bible uh, patriarchs and characters. Yeah, he is my son, Nathan's also. And other things that are very, very cool is that um, things will grow so very fast, um, and there will be two rivers. Uh, you've been to Israel before, I'm sure. Yes, I have. Well, you notice that those walls around is, uh, Jerusalem, there's no rivers coming out of them. But during the millennial reign, when Jesus returns, there will be these two gushing rivers coming out of those, out of the city, out of out of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And these two rivers are the rivers of life, and it will provide tributaries all over the world. And when you drink this water, you you will be healthy. There will be no disease. And when the ecology, like grass and trees and shrubs and fruits and vegetables, not only is it getting light uh, from the sun seven times brighter than it's already had, but it's also receiving water that is um, just forget about it level. So the entire world will have... This sounds Agriculture. like a, well. This sounds like a return to paradise. Yeah, it says that. It says it in capital letters that oh, wow. God will return <laughs> the Garden of Eden to us. Well, but that's it'll be exactly the entire what's Israel. happening. We're going to be operating more like paradise because even in paradise, they didn't lose their. They had the ability to choose. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it'd be so beautiful, and it'd be all agriculture. You know, they're most likely when Jesus Christ comes back, all the power grids and all that stuff, and industry and 
pollution in factories, all that stuff is going to be shut down. And most of the coastal cities will probably be destroyed. And the Bible says that the cities will be destroyed. All the high towers will be brought down and that uh, he will have compassion on those that are remaining on the earth and he'll help them rebuild. But it would be mostly farming. And the, the Bible says that the men will wake up in the morning, and this is a revelation, wow. and they will take great joy in working. And wow. so that no man will wake up grumbling about having to go to work. Well, okay, that only makes sense because you're working in paradise where yeah. things grow. You're not dealing with weeds. You're not dealing with the devil. You're not dealing with the pain of the fall. Everything's yeah. been returned back to paradise environment. Yes. So yeah. you work and you get the benefit of your working. You're not dealing with all the elements that we deal with. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That is. Yeah, I would amazing. suggest that if you have if today, if you planted um, vegetables uh, like tomatoes, you may get those tomatoes grown within a month or two. Um, but I, I suspect that when you grow tomatoes, first of all, they'll be massive. And second of all, the, the, they will probably grow within less than a week. And um, something else, um, the law the, uh, will return. Uh, the Ten Commandments will come back. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ will, will share that information. He will teach that in Jerusalem. And so will the Jews and so will the raptured people. Some will be priests and some will be kings. Some will be governing over five cities or ten cities. Others will walk around and just teach all day. But the amazing thing about this is that there will be a, not a crazed level, but a, a hunger for everybody on the, pop, uh, the population of the earth. They will hunger for learning and they will run uh, to these different places. So, so God will create and have built a highway to Jerusalem, and it's, it's called the Holy Highway. And so you they'll can find come it back in, to Jerusalem for feasts just like, we did yes, prior it'll to be the- like the King's Highway, so you don't get lost, so you don't fall off the side. It's in Isaiah 35 and 8. And so it is true. You've heard the, the songs about the highway to heaven, and, and um, people sing and preach about it, but it's, it's literal. It, it'll be a most beautiful, massive highway that everybody around the world can just get on that and just walk toward Jerusalem. So when and people go, are born in that era, does yes. it ask, how are they saved? They, that's that's the beautiful thing. I'm so afraid to, to share that with your listeners, but um, there will be a reinstatement of um, blood sacrifice. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, the, there will be a reinstatement, and, and it was very difficult for me to accept that because um, we don't believe that the blood of animals can save you or wash away sin. But when I read the commentaries and the theologians, they said it never has had power to remove sin, that the blood sacrifice in the Old Testament pointed toward what Jesus was going to do, and that the blood sacrifice during the millennial reign will point back to of what, what Jesus already did. already did. That makes sense to me. But it'll only be for that thousand years, right? Yes. Okay. So there's got to be something to get people saved that are born in that time, or Jesus wouldn't be being fair, and he's fair. Yeah, it would be the rejecting or the accepting of Jesus as Lord. Because as you know, at the end of the thousand years, the devil's going to be re-released and he's going to deceive the world again. And he's going to cause um, Gog and Magog, which is Russia. Russia is going to invade Israel again. 
And that deception will cause the final judgment because these people have not had their judgment day yet. These people that are alive. So you're saying that this thousand years will come before the final judgment? Yes. Once they've been judged, then there'll be a white throne judgment and everybody that's dead that did not get raised, it's called the second resurrection. All of these people will come before the white throne judgment, uh, people that have been dead since Cain that killed Abel, all the way clean through, people that have been evil, people that denied Christ, people that, well, people that have attacked Israel, people that are speaking ill about Jewish people, all those people will stand before the white throne judgment, and everybody that's in hell right now, which is a waiting place for the lake of fire, they'll all be brought before the judgment throne of, of God, and then they will pick be picked up and cast into the lake of fire. And then God will destroy the entire earth. You know, it's it's if you go if you know anything about Bible history and the history of you know the Jews and, mm-hmm. and our Christian heritage, mm-hmm. the Lord always provided a salvation mechanism or a way of escape yes. in every dispensation. So and yes. and I like what you said about you know before during the times of the the tabernacle and the law where we where we where his people actually did blood sacrifices the blood mm-hmm. I, I i know this i've known this my whole life the blood never did save them it it was just pushing their sins ahead for the cross yeah atonement it was atonement it was a, it was a it was pointing toward the cross mm-hmm. so that makes sense to me that during that thousand years of reign mm-hmm. yeah that people are born that they're going to have to point this Point back to the cross. <laughs> right, exactly. And, That's the reason why. Oh, that, because that those people that sense. were born during the millennial reign, they've got to see that um, they've got to have this impact that, look, we're seeing blood sacrifice. This points back to Jesus Christ. It wouldn't make any sense for them to be taught about Jesus Christ's crucifixion by looking f- looking toward it. Yes. And th- so that's being done for all of them. And they're called blessed, by the way. They're blessed of the Lord because they were spared. They were spared the, the, the tragic second coming. Wow. But wow. it's going to be terrifying. It, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to take a moment and we're going to uh, play a beautiful song called Multiplied. And I hope you enjoy it. We'll be right back to talk to Pastor Maz. Thanks. Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside us, we cannot contain. Your love will surely come find us like blazing wildfire, singing your name. God of mercy, sweet love of mine, I have surrendered to your design. May this offering stretch across the skies, these hallelujahs be more. 
to have Pastor Frank Mazapika, and we're talking about his book, The Church of the Left Behind. And um, to me, this is so interesting, and it's so important that we, the church, begin to understand, know, and and inspire those that are listening to us, especially pastors, that there is going to be a life and a a dispensation and and a transition of the church. And we need to know and understand that and begin to educate ourselves. Pastor Mass, talk to me about what your book talks about and explains in regards to the temple. Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that. The reason why it's so important is because many make the mistake, first of all, that the temple during the millennial reign, the thousand years, is the rebuilt temple that everybody's waiting for right now. That's not the case. That one's going to be totally destroyed. The one that is spoken in Ezekiel, and a lot of people call it Ezekiel's temple because it's described in Ezekiel chapter 45 through chapters 46, and it goes on and on. It's it's massive. It, it's so huge. Uh, and it, it, 
there's more that's describing it in detail in this about this temple than any of the other temples and tabernacle of the wilderness put together. First of all, what's so cool about this is that on the Temple Mount, where this brand new temple will be, the Temple Mount will be the temple will be so big that the Temple Mount, the Bible says that the mount will be raised up higher so that it'll be the highest mountaintop in in Jerusalem, in Israel. First of all, that's not even true right now, but it's going to be. Second of all, and you're going to remember where you saw this in the Old Testament, but all during the day, there will be a cloud that will hover in a circle above the Temple Mount, right above the temple during the day so that the, the altar workers and the temple workers uh, will have uh, like, a, like a, a, an umbrella uh, to keep the heat uh, from them to make it nice and comfortable. And during the night, you, know, you probably already guessed that there'll be a ring of fire that will um, be in the air right above the temple all during the thousand years. Well, that sounds just uh, like the children of Israel, cloud yes, by day in the and fire by night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's stationary. Um, but you'll be able to see this from from miles and miles away because this temple will be the capital of the world. Wow. This is going to be the Washington, D.C., uh, or the Downing Street of Great Britain, uh, Tiananmen Square of Red China. This is going to be the, the capital building of the entire world because, first of all, it's on the Temple Mount. Second of all, Jesus Christ the Bible says, resides in the holiest of holies. Wow. Now, the holiest of holies will, will no longer have the Ark of the Covenant. It's actually going to have a um, uh, Jesus' throne. It's going to be his throne room in there. None of the pieces of furniture that we're so used to will actually be inside of it. Though there'll be a brazen altar, there'll be no brazen laver, there'll be no shoe bread, there'll be no candlesticks, and uh, there'll be no veil because all of those things really represented Jesus Christ. Yeah, so he's there. There's no need for He's that. already there. You know, he's the bread of life. He's the light of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Exactly. You're right on this, Callie. You're, you're, you're just right ahead of me here. And, um, be, and, and to replace the veil that separates the holy place from the holies of holies, the Bible talks about this wooden partition that has a double wooden door. This is exciting. On one side of the one door will be a picture of a lion's head. And on the other side of the other door will be a picture of a human being, a man's face. And one has to do with the lion, which is a lion of the tribe of Judah. And on the other side is, of course, it's the relationship with mankind. When the doors are opened, you walk right into this majestic throne room. And the Bible says, my feet will be planted and reside in the temple for that entire thousand years. And so when you want to go see him, you will see him as a king of kings and the Lord of lords on an actual throne. And I'm hoping that, oh man, I really do. I, I really hope that when we go see him as raptured people, we can see him at our discretion and we can go through those, those wooden double doors and partitions. Wow. Anyways, it, it's an, it's a massive temple and um, there'll be a return of blood sacrifice. And you could find all that in Ezekiel chapter 45. So literally 44. when we make our pilgrimage back to Jerusalem, yes, we're going to see Jesus. Yes, he will be very clear and he will be there every day. And wow. it's, it's just going to be beautiful. Um, something else that's right beside the temple 
there'll be a tree of life there. The tree of life right now is in heaven. You can see that in the scriptures. But when you go and read about the tree of life, especially in the book of Enoch, chapter 45, verses 4 through 7, the tree of life is transplanted right there on the temple grounds. Literally, this literally paradise has just been reconstructed. Yes. Because the tree of life was paradise. Yes. And so all the... All the provision has been made to put us Mm -hmm. back into paradise. Yes. And once again, it actually says that. It says that he returns Eden to us. Eden to us. Okay. So literally that thousand years is a return to where we started from the beginning. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. It's so awesome. It is beautiful. Uh, Nothing was done by mistake. And here's something that's really cool. It's so massive that it's not just one temple building. There are several buildings there. And the priests and the Levites, they will live in these buildings. And some of the buildings will have the the butchery tools. This is all in the scriptures. Okay. And the instruments. And also rooms for the butchery meats, butchered meats, uh, for the altar. For the altar, um, for every day, every morning, there will be an altar. of sa- There will be some sacrifice going up before... Jesus Christ. So the uh, only and, altar that's left is the altar of sacrifice. Yes. There'll be Jesus no more brazen labor at all. Nothing like that. Yeah, well, Jesus represented all that. So the only yeah. thing left for us to participate in is the blood sacrifice. Yes. And also there's no gold in the entire temple. And you know that the temple had lots of gold there um, that you can read about in in the three temples that you can read about, but there's no gold in this one uh, because Jesus is in the temple and there's nothing that is of any beauty or or glory than than the presence of, of Jesus Christ. Right, we don't need it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, something else, there's something that's been bothering God since the Old Testament, and that was the sins of the priests. He never forgot it on how the priests abandoned the temples where they couldn't find priests, all except for one priestly family called Zadok family, Z-A-D-O-K. Okay. Okay, and so when he reinstitutes this temple and all these people are raptured, he's only going to use the family of Zadok to actually make these blood sacrifices. And all the other priests um, from the lineage of Aaron, they'll only be used as workers like the Levites, but they'll never be able to do the holy, holy things uh, in the temple. And it's funny that God remembered it that long. And I I think that... Okay, I want you to stop right there. I want you to explain that a little bit. Now, I know that all the priests come from Levites, right? Yes. No, the priests, yeah, the priests come from Aaron. Or Aaron. Aaron's uh, Aaron's blood um, uh, lineage. And and God keeps real good track of that. Right. And there were a lot of priests. During the days of Jesus Christ, there was 22,000 priests. But the only One of them was John the Baptist's father. Right. But the only ones that stayed faithful were the... Was was the sons of Zadok. Sons of Zadok. Amazing. Now, I don't know how I missed that. That's something really new for me. Isn't that exciting, though, that he remembers that? And and I think that he just has a different um, expectation of his priests and his preachers and his pastors. Uh, You know, we have to answer for 
for everything that we've said, everything that we've preached to people, uh, and that we've made, you know, he, he accused the Pharisees and Sadducees that you have made your, your disciples, you've made your converts twice, twice the child of the devil, twice plucked up by the roots, that you can't, that you preach stuff that you could not even, even follow your own self, man-made laws and man-made rules. I'm telling you right now, uh, a lot of preachers, they're, they're going to be shocked that God held them to a higher standard. Um, he's waited centuries to, to reward Zadok. And boy, oh boy, um, I, really, I really appreciate that because he likes uh, a holy generation, a yes, royal priesthood. And, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times when we think of sin, we think of, and, and he's holding us accountable on both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have to live and sanctify ourselves and do our mm-hmm. best to live according to his word, but also yes. we can't be preaching things that people that are not biblical that people can't live up to. That's, yeah, he doesn't like us leading people astray, or we are the reason why people never got saved. Yes. He, he doesn't like that at all. And we have to be really careful. I'm not talking about our personal lives. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Our personal life is one thing, and then our our ministry is a whole nother thing. And uh, the ministers that have done well in their life, they are going to be so highly rewarded uh, when the Bible speaks about given crowns. There are three categories that you can find in the book of Enoch. There are crowns, there are robes, and there are stars. And there are, there are buildings right now in heaven that have enormous amounts of these, of these, um, these stacked up. And, and, and Enoch asked those questions, whose are these robes? And they're of different kinds, different, different kinds for different reasons and, and different levels of preachers. And the stars are not like sticky stars that you peel off of a piece of paper and you stick it on your forehead or anything like that you got in first grade, these stars are real. Wow. Uh, so when you come walking with a, 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 a crown of, with stars on it, uh, they'll see you coming from 100 miles away because Amazing. you will be glowing in the glory of God. Amazing. Amazing. It is. I'm so excited. So it is doing really well on Amazon. Can you give me some of the feedback that you've gotten from people that have read the book, what it did to them or how it made them feel? Or Yeah, uh, there's about 22 people that have given me five stars that wrote some reviews on it. Yeah, I would love um, to hear some And Charisma Magazine has, uh, has called me about it. Um, a lot of people have called me. Um, they're really interested in wanting to publish it, wanting to advertise it. Uh, and what they're saying is, is that there's no book like this out there. And there is no book that has ever been written like that in, in, in recent years. Uh, and so it makes me feel really good that I am actually saying the kingdom of God is at hand and this is what it's going to look like. That makes me so excited. You know, Maz, I really feel in my heart that God mm-hmm. is going to use this book to uh, begin to awaken the church to the Praise second the Lord. coming. Because see, yeah. I, I think that's what's missing. I think that's what's missing. I think mm. sometimes we get so comfortable in living our lives yes. and thinking it's going to be the way it is now forever. When we're mm-hmm. called as ministry 
to preach yeah. the second coming, to preach the coming of the Lord. Yeah, the, to, king, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. To open, to begin to preach that, look, you know, what you do now will make a difference later. It will impact yes. your life, your children's lives, your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. It will impact generations. So God is calling us as mm-hmm. a church to begin yeah. to, um, you know, I, I love all types of ministry. I, I love all types of preaching. I love practical mm-hmm. ministry. I love ministry sure. that is it, that goes a lot of different directions. I enjoy the Bible on a lot of different levels. But I mm-hmm. also know that this church culture needs to be awakened yeah. to the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that some people refuse deliverance so that they would have a better resurrection. They were working on what they were going to be rewarded for once they got to the kingdom of God. So they, they refuse deliverance. They refuse to be released. Uh, and They refuse to recant. They refuse to uh, compromise. Wow. Because uh, they knew that they were going to be highly rewarded for it. I'm excited about it. Yes, that is so mm-hmm. that is so awesome. Well, we're going to mm-hmm. take a few minutes and we're going to uh, play a song by Leland called When the Sun uh, Was Lifted Up. One of my favorite songs of Leland's new album. This song will really, really uh, brings to to light what Jesus did on Calvary and the power that flows from the cross. I hope you enjoy this and we'll be right back with Pastor Maz. In my sorrows the depths of my despair Under burdens that only you could bear And when I
about his book. I'm so excited about what God is doing through him for the whole body of Christ, the church of the left behind. But I want us to take a few minutes, Maz, and if you would just pray for our radio listening audience and then tell us where we can find your book and where we can find, um, you know, sermons and different things that you're teaching and preaching. Sure. I, I pray right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ for everyone that is listening to realize that Jesus Christ is coming back again. Yes. And it's not going to be a good, a good ex experience for those that do not have Jesus as the Lord over their life. So yes. if you do not have Jesus, I pray that you'll receive him right now yes. in your heart and make him Lord over your life and for your family. And you'll be so well taken care of and you'll be protected. I pray also for you to realize the life that Jesus yes. Christ has set aside for you, that he'll take you off of this earth before that horrible day of the Lord and he'll bring you to heaven yes. and uh, he will give you a beautiful city and a wonderful mansion and you'll be able to reign with him forever into eternity as an immortal being and this is something that i know you want and if you've been waiting for the last minute it's right now amen so accept him in jesus holy name lord i just thank you for a pastor frank mazapika i thank you for his ministry i thank you for his love for you and i thank you for his love for mankind i pray that this book will touch the world and I just prophesy in Jesus' name that this book is going to touch the world, that there will be millions Amen. upon millions that buy it, read it, Jesus. and have an encounter with you, Jesus, knowing that you're not only the God of now, but you're the God of the future. And Amen. that you're going to open people's eyes to the reality that, that the kingdom is at hand and that you are coming back and you're coming back for a church that has been bought and paid for. And yes. that we, we, Lord, I just declare that everyone listening to this radio broadcast will get such a hunger to know you and to mm. know everything about you, God, that we would not only know the grace dispensation, but we would know that mm. the dispensations that are yet to come and what is going yeah, to be fulfilled hallelujah. in the future. And I just thank you, Lord, for what Maz is doing, what you've mm. led him to do, the anointing that is on his life. I pray for every listener in Jesus' name. Maz, Jesus name. can you tell us how we can get your book? Yes, there's a few ways, but the easiest way is just go to amazonbooks.com, 
and uh, just look up either my name, Frank Mazapika, or The Church of the Left Behind. There are six books that are available. Uh, two of them are, um, are end times. Four of them are about marriage and family. And uh, you'll enjoy all of them. But this book can be got through Amazon.com. Or you can get it by just going to my website, which is FrankMazapekaMinistries.com. Uh, or if you just want to come to the church, our church website is NewCC.org, which is New Covenant Church. And that's in Humble, Texas, which is just outside of, uh, just north of Houston. I want to encourage anybody that's in the Humble, Texas area to go out and visit uh, Frank Mazapika's church, an amazing spirit-filled church, an amazing man of God, amazing teacher and preacher, and you know, most of all, an amazing lover of Jesus Amen. and lover Thank you for of that. God's people. You know, there's a lot of great preachers out there and there's a mm. lot of great teachers out there, but I think what we're going to be judged by most of all once we're saved is how we treat people oh, and yes. how we show God's love. And Maz is a true example of mm. a wonderful father, wonderful uh, husband, wonderful mentor, wonderful pastor. He's been faithful there. How long have you been pastoring that church? I, uh, this one we founded in 1999, so we've just celebrated our 17th anniversary. Wow, what a blessing. And it is an amazing, amazing church. also want to encourage you uh, to join us for our Warrior Watch prayer that we do once a month. Um, Mm-hmm. We do that once a month, and we're inviting women all across America to pray with us. You can go to warrior-chicks.com and find out when we're going to have another prayer call. We're going to have our next um, Warrior Chicks meeting September the 8th, and we've got Becky Thompson coming, an amazing woman of God. We'd, if you're in the Houston area, come to see us in Baytown. It's, those, those meetings are always power-packed. The worship's phenomenal. Ministry's phenomenal, and she is a power-packed uh, teacher, preacher, you will be so blessed. I also want to thank you for uh, making uh, and making BPN Radio a priority. If you feel led to to um, fund or to support this ministry, please do so. God is doing something so great through this ministry. I honor Dale Gentry and his desire and heart for prayer. Lord, I just thank you that you're encouraging your people across America to really draw close to you and to begin to pray and become the giant that we're supposed to be. I declare that we're going to pray. I declare that we're going to see you, God, in these elections, that you're moving in be- on behalf of your church, you're moving in America, and you're moving across the world. I thank you that the church is awakening to who we are, that we are taking our place, that we are kingdom-minded, and God, you're giving us such a hunger and a desire for your presence. We honor you. We'll see you next week. Be blessed and have a great day. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.